0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to Podcasts Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phyllis Cove, and with me today is Ann Donahue, freelance writer from The Globe and Mail and Vulture and author of Nobody Cares. Thank you so much for being here, Ann. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, my God, you are a beautiful beacon of light on this (laughs) gloomy-ass Thanksgiving Monday here in Canada. So, thank you.
1: I was just going to say, the other thing and possibly most important thing is you're a fellow Torontonian like I am. So, you know, we have that in common.
0: We do, although technically I'm from Cambridge, which is an hour Mm. away. So, like, I will fight you if you do come. It's, like, in our nature to find a parking lot and fight in it as a Cambridge person. Yeah,
1: such a Canadian thing to do, to fight in a parking lot (laughs) over...
0: over like, would you, where are you saying I'm from? Like it's what I imagine Boston to be like in some ways, but like no one yeah. is, there's no Ben's or Matt's. It's just like, yeah, yeah we're just yeah. out here stealing shopping carts and hoping for the best. <laughs>
1: The Canadian version of the Sharks and Jets is Cambridge versus Toronto,
0: is what you're saying. 100% is what I am saying. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah. I like this version of Canada. We should just, we should really perpetuate this version of it because I think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Oh, my, much more interesting than people like posing and being like, I'm thankful. We're like, shut up. This land is stolen, (laughs) bitch. Don't pretend. (laughs) I will say,
1: though, living in Los Angeles right now, as as our listeners know, um, and in the middle of a turbulent election, we could just Mm. be. You know, honest about that. A uh, lot of people proposing to me. A lot of people looking for an exit oh, strategy. This is so. your time.
0: You, you like, and you know what? I would take more than one offer. Uh, like, who, are you, like, whatever. This <laughs> yeah, is just, yeah. you get yeah. get the pick of the litter. Come on, yeah.
1: make it competitive. Yeah.
0: This yeah. is yeah, fight for it if you really yeah. want it that badly. 100%. This is it, and uh, this is what the <laughs> podcast will be about. So yeah, how did,
1: obviously, we're not going to talk about Sex in the City. We're really just going to talk about uh, how many Constitu- people want to marry me because I'm Canadian.
0: Oh, let's list um, them all and talk about them and put their faces up on this <laughs> I'll tell you who to marry.
1: <laughs> so um, where, I mean, I, this show is obviously about 1999. So where were you in 99? I'm assuming it was in Cambridge, perhaps, or oh, or in 100%. the surrounding areas.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My God. Lifer. Um, I was, in 1999, um, 14, as of August 1999. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, grade nine. High School, but yet not in the part where like you're cool or like a teen yet, like you're still very sure. much coming out of the tween uh-huh. saga. um I wore lipstick like this color, so I love it. I went to Catholic school for nine and ten, and then I switched to public school eleven and beyond, and like Catholic school can burn in hell. I hated it so much. It was the worst. <laughs>
1: the experience. irony. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Can you believe that I hated Catholic school? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, very small, like I think I didn't even have, I didn't even have my first real job yet. I was still just babysitting and like taking an allowance from my parents because I didn't know how to have <laughs> to work. Sure. Sure. Just a very like, sweet baby angel trying desperately hard to be a badass like grown woman and it was falling very flat and i did not know how to do my hair so we had a lot going on there
1: did you um did you watch this show in
0: 99 i watched it in 2000
1: okay that's fine but that's still pretty close so you're you're 14 15 years old Mm -hmm. what was that like being a teenage girl and seeing this show which was you know, explicit and yes. also very sort of empowering. It's it in its own way, sort of a feminist show. We can talk about that as we get yeah. into it, but, but I'm curious as to sort of, did it like, how did, how did you view it back then? Did it change your perspectives on sex and dating and all of that? Or.
0: You know what? There were a couple thoughts, like my friend Julia introduced me to it in the fall of 2000. Cause she was like, we were new, new high school friends. She mm-hmm. was like a new transplant and she was like i have the show we have to watch it and i thought it was hilarious how funny they were and how often they swore like that was what caught me sure. the, the banter is good i loved samantha because she was always just saying like whatever came to her head like da, 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 da. um so i remember watching it and trying very very hard right away to like emulate that confidence like emulate sure. that like like i say what i want i do what i want but the difference is like I'm also 15, and your self-esteem could not be lower at 15, especially as a teen girl. And you're trying so hard to seem grown up, but, like, you're you you you're not a grown up. Like, you're, just, you're not at all. So I remember thinking, this show is my guide to adulthood. And then thinking and knowing oh no. in my soul, like, this isn't... I don't think this is it, but also not having another reference point really, other than like stepmom, because I want to be Julie Roberts and still do, and like Marriott Harris, because like hello. But like with (laughs) sex, that really it shaped me in a weird way. We can talk about that another book, another podcast.
1: That's incredible. My roommate is also an enormous fan of stepmom, so
0: might not obsessed. Um so I remember watching like, there would be very explicit sex scenes and like turning it down. Like if I was what, if it was on Bravo here at home, because you're like, Oh my God. But I think even at that age, there were parts where I was just like, I don't know what you're trying to sell me, but I'm not buying this. (laughs) 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 Like I was already like very comfortably prudish and still am to this day. So it was very much like, no, some things you're like, I, I understand, but don't really understand because I'm still quite mm-hmm. young. And then there were the other parts where you're just like, no, I, no, not, that, no. <laughs> not for me. Not but good it. luck with that and good luck <laughs> to you.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, that is a very interesting sort of notion. Because as I've been rewatching it, and I actually rewatched watched uh, the two movies over the weekend as well. Oh,
0: the second one is, oh my lord, I'm Ugh. so sorry. Whoa. <sighs> <you. sighs> <My, of> <laughs>
1: so I watched it with my roommate, who's also a very big fan of the show, and uh, she had never got all the way through the movie. She had a, a couple aborted attempts to get through it, and was just like, I'd never seen it. And I was like, we're going to watch this. And by the end of it, I, I shit you not, she was laying prone on the couch, with like two pillows on her head, and was physically ill, like felt like the movie made her physically ill. Um, it, it, it really is a bad movie. Um, but, to, but to rewind to what you were saying about sort of not buying necessarily what they're selling, mm-hmm. I, I have found myself kind of watching it through a lens of – or trying to watch it through a lens of um, – of what women of different ages might take away from it. I I mean, I don't mean to make it gender bias, but the show is obviously geared more towards women than it is towards men. But um, it's, (laughs) I I would argue that it is no, it's not that dissimilar from rom-coms in general, right? Which is that they don't teach us necessarily the best lessons about relationships. Sometimes they do. Um, And I think that they have the best of intentions. I don't mean to suggest there's any malicious intent, but when everything is said and done, they want to tell a good story and they want to make people laugh. And that doesn't always necessarily mean telling uh, the most uh, emotionally mature stories, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But watching this show through this lens recently, I just keep thinking about how if you watch it through the wrong set of eyes, it could very well teach you some really not good lessons
0: oh my god like the whole i really romanticized the big and carry dynamic in a way that was like Mm -hmm. incredibly problematic and i remember projecting that onto the guy that i like liked all through high school he was really mean to me like he was a shitty guy and um i believed that it was like my responsibility to like win him over and so i like that and i i identified this like the older I got too, where I'm like, oh my God, like not that it's all like the Sex and the City that did it, but there was that seed planted where it's like, well, men are supposed to be difficult and you're supposed to adapt to their, um, all of their eccentricities. Yeah. and you should like, I, there's that one quote that Carrie says in one episode where she's like, maybe some women aren't meant to be tamed. They just need to find someone who rents with them. She never finds that though. So it's like, she finds, she gets tamed instead. And so I think there is that like, I mean, and you think about how the series ends, like everyone's paired off. So you're like, I am not complete until I have a boyfriend. Like you really believe that for a really long time. In my case, anyways, I did. And even, God, I'm like 35 now. And, and I was like, a single 35-year-old? There are like, and like happily so, uh, but there's still like those moments where you're just like, did I, am I doing it wrong? I'm 35. Should I, like, should I have a should I have a real boyfriend right now that, like, lives in my house and, like, we have a dog? Like, should I have that? Should I have a guy that yeah. wears suits to work? And in reality, it's, I'm like, give <laughs> me a guy who likes skateboards, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's, I mean, there's definitely something to what you're saying in terms of, you know, I think that if you're like myself and, it, and based on what I know about you through your various social media and what have you, I mean, I... Um, I love pop culture. I love Mm. movies. I love books and music and television shows. um, And it's hard not to project those notions onto real life. That's a problem, right? When you, when you find yourself loving quote unquote a relationship between two characters on a television show um, you want that in real life and that's not healthy um, obviously. So it's, it's, it, it, and it's interesting how, you know, those the, the hugely successful shows, and there's, you know, fewer and fewer of them, it seems, as, as more and more television shows are made, and we keep sort of breaking apart these demographics into smaller and smaller pools of people. I just think that there's something really interesting to that idea of, you know, you mentioned them all being paired off and whether or not that's what the show is saying. You know, if in the end, all of these women are married or in relationships, um what are you saying exactly about the fulfillment that you get from life independently? Um, you know, there's a, a tremendous article that um, the first episode that I did of this, we had Emily Nussbaum on to talk about oh, yeah. from the New Yorker to talk about uh, the show. And she wrote an amazing article back in 2013 called difficult women, which was all about sex in the city and, and defending its honor rightfully. So of how sort of she, and by shaming I mean Carrie being the sort of ultimate anti-hero, the first female comedic anti-hero if you will Mm -hmm. um and that the show really kind of dedicates itself to the deconstruction of that myth but then it pulls its punch at the end and it pairs her off with big and this is a long way of of asking you the question of do you think that the show would have been better off if it ended with her not ending up with big and being single
0: okay so like grown up logical me who's like yes. sitting here having a conversation <laughs> with you about this is like absolutely it would have been better to watch right. her like thrive in a different area of the world even like mm-hmm. go to LA like blah 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 mm-hmm. but the romantic side of me that fell in love with the show <laughs> and can't unhinge it from that little 15 year old 14 year old 15 uh, or whatever I forget how old I was when I actually watched it but that little part that's just like oh this is like oh and they got together I'm yeah. like oh my god like
1: in Paris
0: and Paris like, although you know what? I hated that part, that whole storyline. Like, come on. And all I could think of was Barishnikov was like the Simpsons episode where Bartler's ballet and was just like, I'd rather watch that. What is this? Who is this man? Although he's quite handsome, so but I feel like he would spit on me on the bus if he was <laughs> <walking>. <laughs> And be like trash and I have to be like, Well, all right, compared uh, to I you mean. probably. I mean okay. like <laughs> <laughs> Live and learn, sir. Way to defect from the USSR. But I,
1: but but you sort of see where I'm coming from, right? Which is I that do. idea that, like, I just don't know if Carrie can actually be in a functional relationship. The movies prove that as well in its True. own way too, which is that like she's just never going to be happy, quote unquote, stuck in a relationship with one person.
0: No. And also um, when we talk about difficult women and when we talk about like antiheroes, so like Sex and the City predates The Sopranos. So it arguably did lay the groundwork for all like this wonderful, like all these characters, like Don Draper, Walter White, all like, and the endings of all those shows, like Sopranos included, it's very like up in the air, question mark, like we're getting the end, but like, are they even happy? Is this really what they want? And so you could just I mean, we could argue as like grown-up TV critics and consumers of pop culture that like there was no other option. She would have lied to herself about being happy until she got big and then she had to sabotage big, but we never got that far. We got that weird thing where she was mad, he was always not going to restaurants. But I remember like my friend and I yeah. were seeing, like that movie. Have me on, please, again, so we can one day talk. Oh, about whoa, we're
1: gonna. Oh, you're you're gonna believe me. That that's happening. But Thank it's so but much. there's a part of there's, there's there's a part of me that's like, you know, I. The show was surprisingly messy in terms yeah. of trying to kind of take these broken people, and I, I include the men, obviously, in the equation as well. Just broken characters, and tr- mm-hmm. as they all try to find like puzzle piece that clicks with them i guess in Mm -hmm. some form or another um and you know i really love part season six part two where it's essentially a movie those six episodes really just feel like one big episode if you really think about it totally um and 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 they're all kind of going through emotional turmoil it's very satisfying um i kind of like the fact that like it doesn't really wrap her in big up with a bow. You know, he's coming back and they're going to take another shot at it. But like, you can kind of take away from it what you want, which is maybe he comes back, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, whatever. It's Mm -hmm. the movies that really put a stake in so many of these characters in terms of really kind of allowing that growth. Um, That's the bummer of the movies, for me anyway, which is that, yeah. The show kind of ends on a note of life goes on. These characters are going to keep going and they're going to all have their trials and tribulations and who knows what'll happen. But like, it was a fun ride. Whereas the movies have this definitive quality to them that I really don't like.
0: Oh, I absolutely. I think um, the finale, the, the series finale, Sex and City is actually quite beautiful When is it? you've got the love plays at the mm-hmm. end and they're like walking and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, It just feels very, like, human and you feel very close to them and you actually root for them, even though you might, like, dislike a character or, like, whatever. And then you have the first movie where it's all of a sudden, like, the marriage dream and you've got this, that, and the (sighs) other and everybody's become, like, a caricature of a person. Whereas at the end of season six, and I didn't even love season six that much, but you were no longer – you really were getting – stories still and you were getting development and then mm-hmm. um you find yourself in this new world where i remember seeing that with all my girlfriends and we did shed a tear because it was very emotional to be watching the and city movie and then when charlotte sure. points and goes no you're like oh best friends
1: it's so crazy <laughs> she's so, cool. so crazy in that scene
0: She's insane in that She's scene. She's
1: insane in that scene.
0: Also, <laughs> anyway. no one is no one is talking in this movie. Like, everybody's just like, I've decided. And it's like, why? Did you talk to them? It's like, no. We're like, well, no. oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but I felt like this, like, the series wraps up in a way that, okay, yes, you're right. They did pair off. And that is disappointing to an extent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, no one, you're right. Nobody says it's forever other than, like, Harry and Charlotte, who you buy. Like, you, yeah. I buy them as forever. Mm-hmm. And Miranda and Steve also although mm-hmm. i have lots of thoughts about them as a couple called i don't think you guys should have dated like at all but that's like, <laughs> that's Mike. Well,
1: that's interesting because he does he he appears in season two for the first time and and mm-hmm. and there is this um you know, obviously at a certain point we'll get to that episode, but there is this deconstruction of the tropes we're talking about where like she's pushing him away, but Mm -hmm. he really cares about her. And then the whole like running in the rain and like all these things (laughs) that just sort of, you know know what I mean? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of trying to have this cake and eat it too. But to your point, you know, Miranda is this um, very guarded person who very sort of like specific in the way that she wants things. And Steve's the opposite of that, which is, kind of what makes them lovely together
0: yeah i think i'm just like i hate her hair in season two so much so all there's the lot for, to hate in season two just to be like, clear there really is so including all them, this episode oh my god her, yeah, like, i mean
1: it's great it's great there but, is, but finish what you were saying about the
0: about the uh about the haircut I,
1: <laughs> no 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 the yeah, pairing off of the characters at the end the of the pair,
0: yeah i think it's like i mean i you buy all their couplings but mm-hmm. like it's like when, spoiler alert to Mad Men, if people haven't finished it here, um, please get sure. a life and watch the fucking show. Watch
1: fucking Mad Men. Yeah. We're
0: in quarantine, people. What else are you doing? It's a great quarantine uh, watch. Yeah. Oh God, it, it's exactly as depressed as all of us are. It's amazing. But yep. like you see Don finally find peace and then you learn that that version of peace is the Coca-Cola ad because he comes up with that. And you're like, I buy it, I, but yet he doesn't grow but yet he does grow. It's like the same kind of thing where you're like, mm-hmm. none of them grew, but they all grew. And then mm-hmm. um, we get that fucking bird wedding veil, and it all goes to shit in the movies.
1: <laughs> it's I mean it's it's crazy, um, but it's funny you bring up the end of Mad Men because it actually does speak to this a little bit, which is you know a lot of people bumped on Peggy ending up with Stan, I love um, that. which I'm... I loved it too because mm-hmm. of how sort of. I don't want to even say tumultuous their relationship was. It was contentious, quite frankly. Like, it was just a very interesting relationship that I appreciated. Um, and I think we all desperately wanted Peggy to be happy at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, she 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 had been through so much, and I don't. I never. Imp- my takeaway wasn't that Stan completed her, or that no. you know what I mean. Like I think that she was definitely her own person, mm-hmm. um, but that she you know, but that she obviously cared about him. But to, but in terms of the characters on Sex and the City all being paired off. It, it's i've been thinking a lot about the movies cuz i just rewatched them and and i think that part of the reason that that the movies don't work for me outside of just the stories is that this show works best as 30 minute pieces that yeah. that it's that it, it and it's not even about being bite sized necessarily it's just I don't know about you, I've, I have, I've binged this show many times over the years. I it's can remember, yeah, memorize. unbelievably bingeable. Like, mm-hmm. it goes down really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's because it's short to some degree, but it's also because of the storytelling device. It just works better. These characters work nicely in these sort of half an hour segments. And then you watch the movie and you can tell that they kind of wrote it like a series of episodes they just kind of smush together so the Mm -hmm. pacing is fucked you've got like three stupid fashion shows in the middle of of the movie they're so long they're two and a half hours long they're so long
0: there's oh my god no i just remembered how long it was and i felt like almost sick like we're like (laughs) i'm not ready to watch them i'm not ready to go there It's too
1: much it's It's just too much
0: much it's too much and on and you get like these um oh my god What's the word? Quarantine melted my brain. Um, Like they're placating the audience, almost. Like where they're just like, "Do you remember him?" And we're like, and then also, can I just say that bag that Carrie buys Jennifer Hudson's character is offensive. I'm offended by the creation of that bag. And Jennifer Jennifer Hudson's character is actually like really lovely. Like watching that, like she, I think she does a good job with that character Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. character's. Not very much, but Jennifer Hudson's likable, so you're like rooting for her. She deserves so much more in that bag. She deserves more that job. She deserves more than like <laughs> well, <laughs> that keychain.
1: There's okay. So I have since you brought it up, we, we need yeah, to talk about this because I need do. to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, <good. laughs> this show is very white. That's just that's that's it just is how it is, and beyond. it's and it's beyond, and they try to they they try to kind of. You know they bring Blair Underwood in in season six but but mm. ultimately, when everything is said and done, this show is uh not diverse yeah. um, and that is a knock against it that it that it has to own that's just mm. what it is um, so they decide to bring in a African- American character into this film um, I don't love that it's her assistant uh, I don't love that Carrie. Doesn't need a fucking assistant. So there's that. Like, there's no reason for her to have an assistant. She no. just doesn't need one. Like, she's when she. Like basically when,
0: <laughs>
1: she's basically unemployed. I mean, when, when Jennifer Hudson leaves at the end of the movie and walks her through, like, here's the stuff I did, it's like, I sorted your mail. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I sorted your
0: mail. I put things away. And <laughs> I I didn't even unpack email. everything. No. I didn't even unpack everything. <laughs> I've done, you, anyway. I did half the job you gave me. <sighs> and. <sighs> Here are your email passwords because I know you're a writer, but you don't understand how email works. So I, I'm not gonna get into that. It's just,
1: but. it's just unfortunate. I don't, I, and I know that, and I, and I don't say this in in a sort of, uh, in a in a dismissive way. I know that they had the best of intentions. I know that they wanted this character to feel three dimensional. I think Jennifer Hudson, as you said, is a lovely actress. She's very mm-hmm. charming, very watchable. Mm-hmm. Um. But whenever it just doesn't really work, uh, it's she's a device less so than an actual character, um, sure. and and it's it's unfortunate, uh, and then and then they just double down with Abu Dhabi and in, in the uh, so we oh can just I mean. <laughs> so oh my god, I mean, oh my god, the movie is the movies and the show, you know, let's just say. They've got work to do in terms of oh. understanding diverse voices and diverse cultures.
0: That is a very generous way of putting it. I also yeah. like to think that maybe in some capacity, it's like, did, have you never, do you live in a commune with only six other <laughs> white people and you're all rich and that's well, just your Well, I think you like, do know
1: the answer to that, Anne. And the answer is, is yes.
0: Which is yes. Yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> that explains the restaurant episode. Remember when Samantha dates um, oh there's the brother God. and sister whole oh thing and God. then and then that's
1: the worst. That is the nadir of the show when it comes to that stuff. That
0: is, it's. I can't watch that episode. It's horrific. It's absolutely it's horrific. Like, who allowed it? You, Fortune Television. You understand that many people have to say, like, yeah. like it. I
1: and mean, this so is so that that episode airs. That's in the third season. So that episode airs oh. sometime in 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 the year two thousand, mm-hmm. um, which you know was twenty years ago. Not making yeah. excuses for this, but just saying, like, it was a while ago. Um, friends. Also, a very white show. Like, Oof. you know, th- these are these are. This was a different time, and again, yeah. this isn't making excuses. This is just stating facts. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, that episode in particular is so painfully tone deaf and and just cannot read the room and thinks that Samantha's feelings for this man are genuine. So that makes everything else they're doing okay, and it doesn't.
0: Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. I'm just remembering all the... Like, I'm, yes. I'm yes. going to just... You know what? I'm going to drink water. Gonna <laughs> I was
1: going to say, you thought you should drink something stronger. Um, so, uh, episode 203, mm-hmm. The Freak Show... Mm -hmm. um the synopsis of this episode is carrie turns freakish herself after dating a string of freaky guys and freaks out the very normal ben when trying to discover his secret freakiness god this is a terrible synopsis i didn't write this uh miranda (laughs) dates manhattan guy a guy who hasn't left manhattan in 10 years charlotte dates the renowned mr pussy and tries to make a real relationship out of it samantha decides to get plastic surgery and freaks out the consultant I uh, frees during the consult. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Freak Show aired on June 20th, 1999. It was written by Jenny Bix and directed by Alan Coulter. Mm-hmm. Vulture, on its list of the best episodes, ranked this number 75 of 94. Uh, it said Carrie ends up looking like a freak when she digs through a date's stuff in an attempt to discover his secret freakiness. Another great example of the show's ability to undercut its heroine's glamour with humiliation. Meanwhile, Charlotte continues to attract the guys with the most water cooler-worthy sexual predilections, this time dating a man known as Mr. Pussy. She, of course, hopes to move beyond his special skill and into a real relationship. You can guess how well that goes. A solid episode, the void of any real plot development or emotion. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. L Magazine ranked this 94 of 94 episodes.
0: Ooh. It is a touchy episode.
1: it's not a good one. Uh, yeah. I'll read this very quick little blurb here. They say, This episode yeah. attempts to explore why so many single men happen to be freaks, but ends with a dark assertion that actually all single people are insane. If the world's fattest twins can find love, Carrie says, there's hope for all of us. Somewhere out there is another little freak who will kiss our three heads and make it better. And in the meantime, we'll always have Manhattan. Way too weird and depressing for Sex in the City, plus the reoccurring circus music shtick is annoying. So I'm going to go out on a limb here in a weird way, but I I, I just sort of talk about the episode in general. When I say that I think that the final VO that they are quoting here kind of works for me, I don't think the episode works. And we'll talk about why I think that this episode has problems. Mm -hmm. But that notion, I don't love the world's fattest twins bit. We can take that out of the equation. But what I do like is that the show is allowing its freak flag to fly a little bit and saying, we're all a little weird, own it, be a weirdo, there's another weirdo out there for you. That notion, I think, is quite nice and a little outside the purview of this show. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Mm. The circus music fucking sucks. But I do think that that idea, that theme of we're all kind of freaks in some way or another... I like that. I'm not sure they executed all that well, but I think it's an interesting idea.
0: I like. I think they had um, that show, or the show happened. Now we would have replaced freakism with the idea that everyone is like inherently very flawed and messy, mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. a person is like an uphill climb all the time. And we're all pretty fucked up. Like everybody is fucked up. That's just like being a human being. That's like what it is. But it wasn't. By season two, I don't think it was really ready to have big conversations about things. So it limited it specifically to, like, one's sex life or sexual preferences. And then, like, put a banner over top and was like, yeah, look how weird these people are and these guys are, etc. And it's like, I mean, listen, I don't have – I'm sure the actor who plays Mr. Pussy is very nice. But he seems like – He is, I remember being, when I saw this episode and I was little, I remember being so upset at the idea that this is the kind of caliber of gentleman I would be pursuing as an adult. Like, I was like, he looks like a predator. Like, he looks, he looks, like, if at the end we'd found out that it's like, this is like what he's into sexually. And then they're also like, but also he was arrested for killing at least like four dozen (laughs) people. You'd. Be like, okay, see, that tracks. Like, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. It,
1: does. it was just
0: like, it's a very, it's very <laughs> strange. And also because, like, there were some, like, I mean, then they conflate um, when Sam goes home with that guy and then he's, like, all up in his sex closet. And then, like, you know what, dude, YOLO, like, live your life. But then quickly it becomes, like, a guy that steals books or a man that's, like, super aggressive and, like, wants to fight everyone. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we talking about like inherent flaws that you can't get past? Or yeah, are you getting yeah. like, yeah, it's it doesn't know what to be. Whereas now, I actually think they would. I'd like to think they'd be able to handle those conversations with a little bit more nuance. Or like,
1: yeah, it's I I fully agree with you. The 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 false equivalency that they that they draw between uh, S and M bondage, what have you, and being abusive. Like yeah. actually being an abusive person yes. uh, is not a fair corollary that they're trying. No, um, and it's and part of it is.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds.
1: Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? The reason that I'm actually excited to be covering this season as opposed to future ones, because the the show only gets better, and obviously I wish that perhaps we were talking about season four, which is my favorite season of the show.
0: That's
1: a great season. It's a great season. But this season is is a real transition season. It's when you're really starting to see the show finding its voice, dropping some of the stuff that you know, um, perhaps Darren Star's influence on the show in terms of you know the first season, and and, and Michael Patrick King's voice is starting to kind of really find the the depth of these characters rather than sort of the broadness. And again, Mm -hmm. this isn't a dig at Darren Starr. It's it's more, it's just tone, right? It's just the the tone of the show that he wanted to make versus the tone of the show that perhaps Michael Patrick King wanted to make as it progressed. But this episode in particular feels like really the sort of, (laughs) the death rattle of that kind of tone from season one that they've subsequently, that they subsequently drop. And by right. that, I mean the broadness of it, the magic realism of it, the the sort of the circus music and the, and the weird kind of like, I know what they were going for, and I think it probably might have even played in 99. But now you're watching it being like, don't look down your nose at the guy that might be into some kinky shit. Like yeah. that should be, first of all, that should be this show. Like that show should be like embracing that guy's kinkiness as opposed yeah. to vilifying it. So yeah, I, I don't know.
0: And also, like, yeah, I find that a lot about this show where there's a lot of things where I'm just, like, when Carrie could not believe that she was dating a bisexual guy and she's, like, she, that they really made... I feel like they mis- made a lot of mistakes in terms of, like, the spectrum of sexuality where it was, like, mm-hmm. you're a sex columnist. Like, you should understand that, like, everybody's on a spectrum and, like, it, it might not be for you. Maybe you're not comfortable with that. doesn't make it bad as long as everybody's consenting. Like, there are no conversations about consent, but there are conversations about, like... um I mean, there's a lot of conversations in this episode specifically where it's just like, we have a guy who uh, will probably is super abusive and he's terrible, and he's yelling at people, he's going to get arrested at some point. Then you have a man who just doesn't want to leave Manhattan. Like, okay, there's a lot of they're people. They're not like, the same. Yeah, they're not, Could you imagine? I'm like, oh, they're the same. I want to argue that for 45 minutes. <laughs> exact same thing. That's it's what funny about. you
1: say that because there's a line in it that kind of took me back a little bit, uh, back a little bit, which is they're in the – so um, – uh, the four of them go to a some sort of a party, they're having drinks, Charlotte meets Mr. Pussy, right. and they go to the bathroom, the four of them. Why they can't talk about this out in the open, not really sure, but anyway. They decide to go to the bathroom to talk about this, and the topic, obviously, of oral sex comes up, and... I don't know, forgive me, I should, I literally just watched the episode, but someone says something about it, and Carrie kind of throwaway says, oh, I didn't know he was that nasty. And I'm just like, why are we putting a negative connotation on men performing oral sex, even in a throwaway moment? It's just a little bit strange to me. Like, there's just stuff like that in this episode that's just, I just, the characters, I think that this episode just, it just doesn't feel like a show, an episode of this show. Like it just no. doesn't feel like the characters are speaking in the voices that we've grown to love.
0: No, I completely agree with you. Um her throwaway comments always are like that. Like I, I always remember and it's it's this line because, and I read something recent about it, which is why it keeps coming to head um to my head, where she says that like bisexuality is a stop on the way to Ricky Martinville. And like it, it's like that's a throwaway line as opposed to On the to way used, to
1: Gay Town is actually what she's On
0: the says. way to Gay Town. Oh, okay. Jesus even Christ. worse. <laughs> What?
1: that's the like line bisexuality ah, is a stopover on the way to gay town
0: i hate it um but like <laughs> yes, all of her like it's hateable. Funny, like one line like throwaways are actually some of the most offensive lines <laughs> in the entire show they really are and also like care like you again it's like maybe carrie's preference is not that maybe she doesn't want she's like doing that and that's totally cool but like as a sex cult, co- like her job is to write about it, like then maybe you're writing about something else. Like you like fashion, seemingly way more than you do sex. Anyways, why aren't you a fashion writer? Like you should go. Yeah,
1: you're. You're Ooh. speaking of something that is that seems to plague Carrie more than the other characters, which is. Carried saying, feeling, doing something because they need her to for plot purposes, rather than because yeah. they feel it in the character's bones. One that comes to mind is uh, top of season three when she's dating Sterling from uh, from <sighs> Mad Men, God,
0: um, and him. he wants
1: to he wants to pee on her or have her pee on him, something like that.
0: Her and pee she on is
1: him. right, and she is scandalized by it, and can't can't even imagine doing it, and whatever. It's certainly not my thing i i but i but the fact that it, that it is somebody's and that this is her field right like this is yes. literally her job and <laughs> yes. for her to be like like heavens to betsy no like she's like <laughs> getting the vapors just thinking about it i'm just like what are we doing
0: right like again it's also like you're a grown woman like you also like the way like she scripts around communication with a lot of her love interests in this show in a way that's like if you guys just had a conversation this would actually be a much more interesting episode so with roger sterling because that's the name we're going to give him until he's dead of course
1: course. Um, because he's looked that way apparently since his entire life
0: he came out of the womb and they were like (laughs) silver fox we love this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amen. you better be an actor kid and he's like oh I got it and he was smoking and it was amazing
1: amazing yeah. it was
0: wonderful um yeah. but like all that had to be was also a conversation it was like actually you know what I'm not really comfortable doing that but um why don't we try to compromise it or like and if that's fine that's a deal breaker for you I completely yep. understand mm-hmm. and like a teachable moment there are zero teachable moments in the show but especially in this episode the teachable moments here are like very men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and everybody's a freak without the disclaimer of like, but that's a good thing. It shows independence yep. and uniqueness.
1: There's oh also something, you know, not to, not to harken back to, uh, <clears throat> to the season three Sterling episodes, but Let's not do only it. does she not have a teachable moment... The end of his arc, which is only two episodes, but he has two episodes, is she weaponizes her column and destroys his political career.
0: (laughs) Yes. And like, in a. Like, (laughs) Like, what? Because he broke up with her. But they dated for like three days. Like, they didn't even date that long. I'd be like, that guy's a fucking tool. Uh, But like, it's insane. I can't believe her editor allowed like 95% of her copy to go through. It's incredible.
1: It's incredible.
0: I can't even. yeah
1: um so in this episode uh which opens with um it's it opens with weird magic realism which is it (laughs) opens with ellis island footage that then turns into black and white footage in a present day bar that turns to color Yeah. yeah like it's just it starts from this place of like i don't know what sort of corollary they're drawing to like the immigrant experience but it seems like that's sort of what they're doing here which is that but anyway um <clears throat> and we're at this bar and uh oh sorry samantha goes home with a guy who thinks she's quote-unquote older which means 40
0: yeah and older. she's appalled yeah because um,
1: that's how old she is and how dare anybody. that's how old she is yes Eight
0: old women are gross don't you know that Awful. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just, That's the pull quote from this episode, by the way, <laughs> that, we're put on, that we're going to put on it. Um, oh, <laughs> so she go, so she's horrified. She goes to the bathroom. She looks at some of the, I guess, her face in the mirror. Christ. She comes out, is welcomed by a right said Fred needle drop, which I'm always a fan of. I'm too sexy playing for apparently no good reason. I love it. Uh, then she finds this guy all strung up in bondage and leather in his closet.
0: In his own closet. So I in his own her closet. closet.
1: Right. Uh, and then we cut to the party that we were talking about where the four of them are talking and and Carrie's like do you think he's still in there and Miranda's like you got to give him credit it's not easy to get all in all that gear or whatever. It's 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 kind of a funny moment sort of. Sure. Um, and Miranda says that all single men are freaks, however women are just choosy. Which is <laughs> Okay. Okay. I
0: mean, okay. Sure. You know what? We we'll give her we'll give it a pass cuz we're only like Three minutes into the episode, so, like, how, how bad can it get? Uh, sure.
1: Uh, oh, it gets a lot worse. So then they, <laughs> yeah. they go to the bathroom. We have that whole conversation. They have that whole conversation. A woman is eavesdropping from the bathroom stall. Right. She walks out and says, like, oh, I dated Mr. Pussy for a month. It was the greatest month of my life. Like, I hate it. enjoy, or something like that. And then Carrie has – now, this show is filled, filled with puns. This is the most mm-hmm. punny show maybe that's ever been. Yes. But sometimes they're really great, and one of them is her saying, the guy's got good word of mouth, which is a funny line. It's a good Mm -hmm. line. It's a good pun. Then the four girls leave the bathroom and watch Mr. Pussy eating oysters
0: (laughs) suggestively... I, I'm i sorry. That has like the, like, that's why I mean, like, if you were to be like, actually, it turns out he's a cereal killer, I'd be like, uh, yes, because no one in their right mind would eat oysters in that way alone with no one there.
1: No, he was staring at them while I eating the it. oysters. It's so aggressive and scary. Yes. Also, it should be said that Mr. Pussy has no lines in this episode, never utters an actual line. So no. he's just this mute, guy Dude. who actually I'm sorry he does have one line which is he tells Charlotte to relax when he's when he's performing oh
0: right, right right oh and that's for some reason much more terrifying much
1: more terrifying he's, he's not this guy is definitely a murderer absolutely Charlotte, Charlotte got out easy yeah and 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 that happened I hate so it so then Carrie goes out with a documentary filmmaker who's posing as a documentary filmmaker because he really wants to be an action movie director and make lots of money. That's not a thing.
0: Oh, my God. Documentary. I <laughs> make lots of money. <laughs> documentary filmmaker. Yeah, and I love to write books because I fucking love cash.
1: <laughs> you're, I mean, you're just... I can see you're living the life in Cambridge like, right like, now just like under my stacks of Jack money.
0: <laughs> my gap sweatshirt. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it's insane. No. Um, it doesn't seem like something anyone would do. But this, this comes back to your point that you made a little while ago, which mm-hmm. is they're trying to create a tonnage issue, right? Which is they want Carrie to go out on a bunch of very short snippet dates with yes. quote-unquote freaks to be yes. able to kind of hit home this theme. But the string of these guys is odd. The spectrum of these guys is strange. Like yes. Documentary filmmaker wants to make lots of money – that's just insane and makes yeah. no sense.
0: So he's out of his mind. So we just, just like
1: he's just a weirdo.
0: He's quite ill. Then yes. You've,
1: then you've got the guy she goes on a date with to a movie. They're waiting in the line for the movie. Retro. Retro adorable. <laughs> I loved it. Adorable. Her. Um and the guy there's a couple behind them and the guy thinks that the guy in that couple is eavesdropping or something, and he just loses his shit on the guy. God. It's re- it's like it's it's actually scary.
0: Like, he he will kill someone one day. Like, it will escalate. It won't be enough for him to start it's, fighting some people.
1: It's scary.
0: It's like, it's frightening. I,
1: yeah, it's frightening. He's it's like frightening some, because it felt real. Like, it, it didn't feel funny. It felt real.
0: It felt like we had walked in on something that maybe was happening. Maybe that actor wasn't even supposed to do that. And they were just like, okay, let it play. This, this could be interesting. Just keep
1: rolling. Just keep going. Just keep yeah. going.
0: Don't cut. Don't cut. And then now we have, like... Uh, like, oh, I don't know,
1: fuck. I'd
0: love to know how long it took. Imagine him being being like told to wear a mask during a pandemic. Like, he's oh. that would...
1: Oh, yeah, that guy is. That guy, everything is tyranny. But, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was very, very strange. Then the last guy she goes out with, or doesn't even go out with, she's standing outside a bookstore, mm-hmm. and she sees that this guy is stealing books from the dollar bin.
0: And haven't we all done that? No. I'm kidding. I've not done that.
1: I've not done that. <laughs> I don't know.
0: but I'm I mean, afraid to steal things.
1: <laughs> oh, I've never stolen anything in my life. Music, oh my God, that's no. maybe the only thing I've stolen. Oh, Napster.
0: Yeah, RIP. Yeah, but that, that's yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's the only thing. Uh, so, it's, it's a, that of the, of the three, hmm. that one made me laugh because of the specificity of it and the oddity right. of it.
0: Like, I know there was a rule in the writer's room that, like, to pitch a story, it had to happen to you. So, I'm like, I guess this hmm. happened to somebody. But, like, wh- this doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong here at all. Like it would belong here. Like I, we have like we have a very strange spectrum with absolutely no continuity. There's no congruency within any of this. But okay, I guess we're just seeing that freak is like a spectrum, and yeah. these men are on it.
1: So and then, okay. the, this year the fourth guy or the third guy, my apologies, breaks Carrie. So she has she has to break the fourth wall and talk directly to the camera and say. Oh. And say something like, now I'm really scared. And I was just like, I hate the fucking fourth wall breaking. I hate it. it. I hate it. I hate it. I think, I'm hoping, if I remember correctly, that this was the last time that they did it. Um, it, It's just a real... I love Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would argue that the the best fourth wall breaking was done by her husband in Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: 100%. Because...
1: I don't know why it works, but it works. It's very hard to pull off. And the VO does that work. You don't need the direct-to-camera stuff. I hate it.
0: Oh, and everybody was like they were selling a scooter. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, hi, you might be wondering why I'm standing here on a road on a scooter. Well, that's (laughs) because I think you should buy one. And also, I hate (laughs) women. And you're like, what? What's going on? And then, like, it would disappear. (laughs) It was very strange. But when she's... Yes, now I'm really scared. I remember that. Oh, I feel terrible. embarrassed. I feel embarrassed. Like I feel... It, it does. Ashamed. It makes you
1: embarrassed. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. It like, gives you weird, like... <laughs> it gives you like um, cringe sort of effect. Like it's... I rewatched the first season recently as well, leading into this just... And I hadn't watched it in a really long time. And I was actually surprised how good it was. I remember not liking it a lot more than I did mm-hmm. this time. But the show was a lot more evolved and and understood what it was earlier than i remembered Mm -hmm. um but the fourth wall stuff sucks and the 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 guy on the street stuff sucks whenever there's like an interview with a person it's just like why are you wasting real estate on this like go do something do something better right um charlotte goes out with mr pussy and gets addicted to his talents Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um there's a montage where it feels like charlotte's Um. wearing the same dress four times
0: He is it was still early days he didn't have all our money for the budget
1: i just she literally well because he they needed him to have access to her crotch so like his face is constantly in her crotch wearing the same dress in four different colors essentially oh, which but is kind she of would.
0: yeah yeah Actually, but i feel like she would yeah, she loves j crew she loves it she loved it she loves all l l
1: bean she yeah
0: she is her parents were mr and mrs bean and she's like <laughs> i need my new last name it's Mrs. Bean. Yes, <laughs> uh, so
1: then, Carrie's uh, sitting on a fountain, sitting next to a fountain. Yes. Sees this guy, Ben.
0: Yes. Who he is quite that, cute. I will say that. Congratulations. Cute, nice. Seems like a good guy. Yes. Like like a normal person. I mean, normal. Mm-hmm. We're all freaks, but you know what I mean. Like he seems yeah. like a lovely human being
1: mm-hmm. who isn't
0: gonna kill someone in a fucking movie theater. Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. Seems like that. Uh, he tells her um, that he dated a girl who slept with her shoes on. That's that doesn't weird. seem like a real thing. No, but anyway. He,
0: so we find out he's a liar, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then Carrie tells him about these two fat twins who married skinny, tall women. And also, like,
0: what's the matter with you? This show hates fat people, though. That's its other oh, really another problem. Fat. Really hates it. Yeah, they're not cool with, they are sizist people. Big time. Yeah. It's, yeah. It
1: is really unfortunate. It is a um, bummer. And then uh, Ben asks Carrie out. Samantha bumps into a friend on the street who tells her that she had plastic surgery. Mm. And Samantha's like, ooh, plastic surgery. Like, maybe that's something I should do. Uh, and then Miranda has a great, there's a great couplet with Miranda and Carrie where she says, after Samantha says she's going to get plastic surgery, Miranda says, whatever happened to aging gracefully? And Carrie says, it got old.
0: That's funny. I gotta say, it's not a bad line. That's a good line. Not a bad line. It's
1: a bad Uh, line. It's and in the same scene, Samantha has a tremendous moment where Charlotte is now because she's so enamored with Mister Pussy's skills that she's like thinks that she can make it work with him. And Samantha says, "You don't marry Mister Pussy. You date him and set him free."
0: (laughs) I mean, that's not a bad, that's true, but she's not. Wrong. You don't date
1: that. You don't marry that guy.
0: You don't marry that guy. He doesn't have a name. That's his name is Mister Pussy. He's has to go defeat Spider Man. Like he's busy. By the
1: you way, know? would like, watch.
0: He's. I would watch that. Oh, that would be a great movie. Actually, good for them. <laughs> good for us. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Yep, carry yep, it on yep, the lot yep. after this phone call. 100%, um, yeah. Thank you very much. There's like there's there are moments in this episode where you're just like. This is funny. Um, Like when Ben, oh, but you haven't gotten there yet. I'm sorry. When you get there. We'll get to it. When you get there. When you get there. When you get there.
1: But basically, Carrie then brings Miranda on a double date with one of Ben's friends. Mm -hmm. And Miranda like thinks, oh, maybe he's nice, whatever. But then he tells her that he's never left Manhattan and he has no intentions of ever leaving Manhattan. It has everything that you need. Uh, When she tells him that she's from Connecticut, basically they get a little bit contentious and uh, she's just like, I don't want to date a fucking guy who, doesn't want to travel or see the world or do anything. Mm -hmm. And so Miranda pulls the ripcord catchphrase of I have to feed my cat to get out of a double date. But then Carrie (laughs) says, I thought you already fed your cat. (laughs) And then Miranda says, I have to feed it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, Carrie is such a shitty fucking friend. Come on. That's the code. You don't fuck with the code. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Although as like, now that I'm like supposed to be the age that they are in the show where I'm like, I don't see it. I still feel like I'm like 21, sure. but okay. Um, there's like, I feel like I would just be like, okay, cool. Well, this was fun, but I have some work to do. So I'm going to go, but it was really yeah. nice to meet you. And like, have a good afternoon. Like, yeah. just be, why are we just, let's, we can just be grownups here. Honesty is amazing. It's yeah. refreshing, but whatever. You know what? She had to feed her cat again. <laughs> and... <laughs> They can't actually. What you didn't see is that he was overfed and died. because She wasn't. Yeah, alive. it's sad.
1: It's sad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's mm-hmm.
1: dark, but it's 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 real.
0: But that's what we're. the world we're living in.
1: <laughs> I mean, for real.
0: For real.
1: Um. So then Carrie starts to get paranoid about Ben and thinks he's a freak. She asks him if there's something that he hasn't told her about. So he reveals his Tweety Bird tattoo.
0: That's what I was going to bring up. Please. From, like that's uh, well, I was actually just going to be like, "There's a lot of shocking things in this, and mm-hmm. that is that might be a deal breaker for me." Really? <laughs> no, but I would still be like, "What? what? Why? Come on!" You know, it's, it's
1: I. I've always remembered the Tweety Bird tattoo because it's mm-hmm. it's just like a weird thing for whatever reason that I remember from this show.
0: It's also a weird so place. Like it's that's that's the me. thing. <laughs> that's the thing. It is two thousand. They're like, tattoos are not, they're not taboo. It's like better than a fucking barbed wire on the arm. But like, put it, did you not have the wherewithal to like, put it elsewhere? Like, it's like, you what, it just made me as a person be like, are you a loser, Ben? Like, just like as a human being.
1: I literally thought the exact same thing. I thought to myself, he reveals it. And I thought to myself, I mean, Tweety Bird, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. But, dude, it's, like, on the front of his upper arm. Like, it's not um, even where a tattoo usually is on the side of your arm. No. And and it, it's one of those things where, it's like, clearly it's a fake tattoo and whatever. And the and the makeup department's like, yeah, 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 just put it there. That's fine. We don't care. Yeah. We're only going to see it for a second, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it, it actually takes you out of it because it makes me think, like, why'd you – who's this tattoo artist? Why'd you let him put it here? Like, this is a stupid place for it. And then on top of that, the marriage of that with Tweety Bird does make me go, Ben, you're a loser.
0: Right. Like, you're not cool. Like, you're not a cool person. And like, also like you're not, you're wearing frameless lenses. I should like in that in itself, that's another one we should have known. (laughs) <laughs> it's just too much. It's too much. It's like, you it's know, maybe it's not about him being a freak. It's like maybe he's just profoundly uncool in a way that's not salvageable where you would be like yeah. like he's too sincere about things where you're like, "Okay, I have to no. This isn't gonna work. I need to laugh at things at funerals and etc." and you're you're crying.
1: <coughs> I totally so. agree with you 150% and when we get to the final reveal I feel like it underlines exactly what you're talking about. Yes. But before we get there, uh, Charlotte goes on a date with Mr. Pussy, and who does not speak, just suggest, suggestively eats figs in a way that is truly repulsive.
0: Also, where and, are the figs from? Like, where are you- have you ever It's just it's like
1: what are we doing and then of course you know the carnival music comes in and Charlotte's like I obviously can't be with this guy and that's how that ends. Um, Samantha goes to the plastic surgeon, he uses a marker to draw on her body all the various places that he would change or tweak or what have you. She looks at herself in the mirror and she's horrified with the you know clown like all that shit. So at the end of this episode Carrie wakes up in Ben's apartment the next morning. Mm -hmm. she's really happy he's really sweet she thinks everything's great he says i got i'm late for a soccer game but i'm gonna go do that but i'll be back stay here whatever he leaves and she rifles through his fucking apartment looking for anything that could possibly be freakish or weird or secretive and by the way like i mean we all have our piccadillos in some form or another like she was gonna find something but that's neither here nor there she finds this wooden box that she's that has got, like, a lock on it, and she's like, this is it. This is, like, this is his freakdom in a box. He comes back because he decided to skip his soccer game to spend the day with Carrie and sees her trying to get into this box. He slides it open and reveals his Cub Scout badge collection.
0: Okay, now, you know it would be hilarious if it turns out that he's, like, I killed all these Cub Scouts and I took <laughs> to their trophies.
1: <laughs> It'd be more interesting and less earnest. Like him having Cub bat, Cub Scout badge. Well, badged, get
0: a grip.
1: Who still has that shit? It's like that and the Tweety Bird. It's like Ben. Ben,
0: you're, you're, you're a uh, loser. Lose- <laughs> you're a loser. A loser. You're a loser, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a little boy trapped in a crow man's body. And I think it would have been better if it would have been like, these are my mother's ashes. Then it would have been like... Oh, Actually, no. By the way,
1: I guarantee you, you and I could come up with 10 alts that would be better than it being his Cub Scout badge collection. His but Cub anyway.
0: Sc- oh, my God. I would be like, did you? Did something happen in Cub Scouts? That's why you have these. Like, did you, your dad teach you Cub Scout? Like, just too earnest. Like, he's, you know that he would just be, like, so nice, but there'd be no depth. Like, you'd try to fight with him about something, and then he'd be like, whatever you want, dear. And you'd just be like... Tell me I'm being an asshole.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where, and you know, essentially the episode ends with, with Ben saying, I thought you were one of the normal ones which okay. is kind of a fucked up thing to say to somebody. But yeah,
0: but the man fucking has a Tweety Bird tattoo and T. Right. like Those are trophies yeah. of a serial killer victim, so there we yeah. go. It's
1: like glass houses, Ben, seriously. Yeah,
0: look around, wireless frames, calm down.
1: <laughs> but it sort of ends, it, it ends on this kind of downbeat, obviously, of, of Carrie. I mean, they obviously go their several ways. We never see Ben again, but, um, and we have that VO that we talked about at the, at the top of sort of, you know, be a freak, there's another freak out there for you, blah, 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 um, which is, the right note to end on in terms of the voiceover, but in terms of, like, Carrie's takeaway from it, I don't know that Carrie learned anything about herself in this.
0: Of course she didn't. She learned anything about herself ever? Certainly not in this. That's like being like, I don't know if Don learned anything after he screwed his secretary again. We'll have to see. Like, no, of course we didn't. He learned nothing. He'll do it again and he'll get drunk at the office. Yeah, you're you're right. She's... I think the problem here is like, at no point is she like, why did I do that? Like, what was my purpose behind that? Like, that was, I'm scared that I lost control in that. Like, I think normal people would be like, okay, so this is obviously saying something more about me. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to a therapist clearly, but instead she's just like, we're all freaks. Yay. And then like, <laughs> We're, then she yeah. saunters away, and then we learn more about the twins, and they found love, and and like Ben's probably like sitting there, like counting them to make sure she didn't take any, and like it, I, uh, it I, I, it's a cartoon.
1: It's so funny that you say that. It's true. As much as I like the sentiment of there is a freak out there for you, it's mm. also an escape hatch for Carrie to be like, I'm a freak, whatever. Yeah, I'm just just to fucking
0: learning. <laughs> learn anything yay so now i'm gonna date a fucking probable trump supporter and his name will be mr big and we will have money and everyone will die in the recession
1: ha yeah that's a very good that's a really good call actually because i'm sure you remember this has happened on twitter a million times of the Mm -hmm. who's your favorite tv character that's probably a trump supporter mr big is a really good call
0: Oh you know he is justifying those like separations of families at the border. You know he's got a way of being like, well it's better in New York without worrying about this stuff. Unless he That's like is just broken as a person then maybe he's like low key bernie and that would be cool. Cuz I like problems I like Chris Knott. So I can't separate Chris Knott from like Mr. Vin- I mean I don't know
1: what Chris Knott's or Noth, I don't know if it's Noth or Noth, but I I don't know his political views, so I don't want, I certainly don't want to project anything onto him.
0: No, so I've got, you know what, though, I was surprised. He's actually on the other line, so he's going to (laughs) join us right now.
1: That'd be an amazing, can you imagine if you were like, and I have him right here.
0: He's like, I Uh, liked Elizabeth Warren, but it's fair that we have, and vote for anyone that isn't the other guy that's evil.
1: I don't think that there's a person named, John James Preston that oh, is man. a that is not supporting Donald Trump. But I could be wrong.
0: I immediately have the reaction, and I think this is because I grew up as like a poor and like I've just settled it <laughs> into the fact that like that's this is just the world I like and and, part, and grew up in and I'm uh-huh. still a part of. And it's like there are like it's a visceral reaction where I'm like, I want to make John James Preston question his entire life, and then break down without being able to rebuild himself again. That's what I want when I hear those names.
1: I mean, I I, I agree with you. I, I, I think use that,
0: coupons, goddammit.
1: <laughs> I mean, when I think about the lack of character growth that exists in his character in the in the two movies, it's pretty shocking.
0: He is just a cardboard cutout of a man who smells like cigars. And um, oddly, though, I still like him better than Aiden, who I have many opinions on. But that's not what this episode is about. <laughs>
1: It's not, but I'll I'll just say this. Mm-hmm. Um they do Aiden dirty in the second movie.
0: Oh my God, I know. They do it but also I'm kind of like I'm like an anti Aiden girl, which is very shocking. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's because well, he's like, I can't date a smoker. Can't be like look, calm down, bud. Like this is my life. So like this is the world <laughs> that we live in. Are you serious? What's wrong with you? He's always like, Well I'm I mean smoking is, is
1: is deadly to the smoker sure. and the person in their proximity
0: but he's like mr Bathman, like a like jog on me like i get out of here i just <laughs> i liked
1: aiden i liked aiden more in the sec in season four than i did in season three
0: because in season-, season four
1: he has a backbone. Um, he's, he's kind of taking control of his life a little bit. Mm-hmm. He seems, you know, maybe it's my big fat Greek wedding. I don't know what happened, but something happened in between. He cut his hair. Mm-hmm. He kind of got his shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, in season three, to your point, he's very sort of like, I don't like you smoking. I ate too much KFC. Rub my belly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's do like, you want to play Father John Misty while we're at it? Like, what the fuck? Although,
1: Wow, I some Father John Misty shade
0: not a fan and then there's also and when he does come back though in season is it season four or season four right mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. i don't like that he slaps the patch on her arm it's like i know w- dude what's yeah. up with these men
1: he yeah well yeah he he definitely he, you saw the petulant side of him with with her in season four for sure
0: yes for sure. everyone needs to can they, can they just be more like us like, as human beings, we're perfect, and everyone we're knows perfect. it. Yeah. Everyone's going to talk about that after this podcast. They'll be like, "Absolutely, okay, those two yeah. are perfect. Um, those, per-
1: those two totally have it together. The pandemic has not broken them in any way, shape, or form. They seem to totally have it together.
0: I think I heard her say she has a Vans checkered backpack. Um, that makes her cool. And it's, it's just, I am cool. I am fucking it's, cool.
1: Both of those things are true.
0: Yeah, they um,
1: are. <laughs> So... At the end of every episode, I've been asking my guests, uh, mm. who is your favorite Sex and City character, does not need to be one of the four leads, uh, and why?
0: Okay. Um, this is probably, people probably said this so many times, but I would, like, die for Magda. Like, I would die That's for her. That's a really her. good
1: call. That is, I've not heard that one yet.
0: Really? yeah mm-hmm. um, who played, Ruth Co, was it? Ruth Cohen who played her. I believe um, so. Yeah, she's she, she passed, passed away. away. Recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. She's in so many things. She was like yeah. she's in everything, and she reminds me quite a bit of my own nana because um yeah. my mom's side's Lithuanian, so the accent and everything feels mm-hmm. very like whatever. Um. But she's the character that shows the most the most growth, um the most acceptance of somebody's lifestyle choices, the mm-hmm. most like understanding, compassion, empathy, um. She's yeah. uh, she's a good person, and I think it's like, um, and and she doesn't suffer for it, which I really like. Like I adore Magda; I love her. She was I remember being really afraid as I watched the show that she would pass away in the show because that would have been she was her. old, yeah. He was she was pretty old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then now she died as, as a as a pretty pretty old person. Yeah. Um, That's I a
1: really her. really great yeah. call. I love that. I love that pick. She's she is. I agree with everything you're saying 100%. She also um, pushes Miranda out of her comfort zone.
0: Totally. Um,
1: you know, she's the closest the show has to a mother figure. They're, mm-hmm. You know, we, we see Steve's mom, but other than that, we don't see anybody else's parents, I don't think, other than Trey's mom, obviously.
0: Only a bunny. Um,
1: bunny, Bunny <laughs> McDougal. Wow. Um But yeah, she, Magda is the is in her own way the heart and soul of the show in a weird way. And, yeah. and I, I really love that. Yeah. I love that she pushes Miranda to, like... Especially it's sort of near the tail end of, of the series, you know, to to let Steve's mom stay with them. She, you know, oh. sees her bathing her and says, like, that's love. Like, really, really nice stuff. She's really beautiful in the show.
0: She's really beautiful, and she also like teaches that like real strength is vulnerability. And I think that's a lesson that like a lot of us have a lot of problems with like getting through as we become older, because I don't know about you, but like, I grew up believing that like strength means like armor, steel wall, like nothing gets to me. I get mad, but I don't cry. Like da, 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 da. And then you learn the older you get that like real love and real like connection with people comes from being like a person and like mm-hmm. celebrating your humanness, and I, Magda, celebrates her humanness and loves tea, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah.
0: yet it takes the time to like properly organize the condoms. Which I was like, as a type A person, I was like, well, that is thoughtful, that's just yeah. nice. Like, I mean, it's around
1: life. a Virgin Mary, but sure,
0: sure, <laughs> whatever, it's, it's fine, it's okay. I mean very bold of her to like take someone else's sex toy and like she doesn't know that's mm-hmm. very clean but that's cool no, i no, mean yeah
1: yeah
0: i hope she didn't throw it out because that's also <laughs> i mean i
1: that'd be fucked up but i don't that'd think that's so, weird
0: yeah but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah man, it's it's makes really me feel comforted
1: it's it's funny you say that you know um the other day uh this will date when we're recording this but the other day was uh, world mental health day yes and and what you were saying just now really made me think about that which is that you know this show or at least through Magda, is about openness, open-mindedness, hopefully mm-hmm. allowing yourself to be the best version of yourself. And I think that that the quote-unquote shame or whatever the right word is that people feel towards being, you know, in any way vulnerable, um, you know, people's fear of talking about mental health as mm-hmm. though that makes them weak or something like that, which it just makes you who you are. And mm-hmm. finding someone is finding another person that's willing to embrace all of your flaws as well as your as your strengths and your talents. And I think that that, you know, we just need to be a lot more open about this stuff. I think that, you know, yeah. I hope that this pandemic, for for good and for bad, it certainly feels as though it's forcing us to look in the mirror It's forcing us to certainly spend a lot of time with our own thoughts for good and for bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all just need to embrace all that, that, you know, all our multitudes. I think that's important. I
0: I think that's so beautifully said and so correct. And so um, let's think that's something that we need to like a sentiment we need to hold on to and remember, because um, it can get really easy to get, jaded and cynical and angry and all of those feelings are very very valid you have to have all the feelings but the outcome should be like like it's like in fleabag when chris autonomous mm-hmm. says to fleabag people are all we've got i think about that all the time and it's like maybe that can be our takeaway of this episode where it's just yep. like everybody's flawed and complex and fucked up and sad and happy and we're all these amalgamations of selves but like anybody that you end up with should love and honor and respect those amalgamations of selves. And you should do the same back. And it's not about changing anyone. It's about like acceptance on a fundamental level.
1: I I couldn't agree more. I think that it's, I think it's important for us to, you know, acknowledge and embrace all of our flaws, all of our, all the good and bad. Um, and you know, this actually kind of brings a full circle in the sense Mm -hmm. that, um, don't project yourself onto fictional characters. Don't think that fictional relationships are the way that it works. Um, we are messy people, uh, and television and movies are clean and, and accessible and trying to be as universal as possible. So we should just, you know, don't look at Carrie and Big as a <laughs> prototype for your relationships. Um, I, I, would, I, would, I would argue that any of the other relationships might be a better prototype any than other. Carrie and Big. <laughs>
0: even charlotte and mr
1: pussy would be a even tra- <laughs> so before i let you go before mm-hmm. I, I i you know I, I i saw that you interviewed uh saoirse ronan for yes. the toronto international film festival now yes. unfortunately i was unable to see this interview because i don't know because i wasn't you have allowed i didn't, have a, I I don't didn't know have, well no i didn't have a pass i, I don't know how oh. i wouldn't even know how to even have figured it out to begin with all that being said
0: mm-hmm.
1: what was the moment for you what was your favorite moment of the interview
0: Okay, um, this is like the most unprofessional part, but like both of us in our respective locales. I believe she was in the UK someplace, and I was here, and it was really humid <laughs> for both of us. Like we were in very humid places, uh-huh. um, like it just rained. So we just kept building on the joke that our hair was getting like worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and I said I looked like I had asked for the Timothy Chalamet, and they gave me the Bradley Cooper, and then like she was just like, before you know, it, it's gonna be like a tr-. like she's so funny. Like she's so like, just like quick and, Sharp, and like, yeah. so that was as, I mean, her answers were so thoughtful and sure. she's so cool and smart, but it was like watching, like I love watching somebody else be funny and like being on their receiving <laughs> end. And you're like, we're being funny together. Like, ah. um, but my hair really did look horrid. <laughs> and hers actually looked really okay. Like she looked like cool yeah. and, and casual. And I was just like, listen, like, <laughs> Things are going on here. I have a chin-length bomb, That's amazing. bob with a wave. I did look very Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Like, I looked... <laughs> it looked grim. And she even had, to, she couldn't, that was a highlight moment for her knowing that I had accepted who I was.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. She also has the greatest accent. Like she should just be the, okay. she should just read every book. Every audio book should just be read by Saoirse Ronan. I'd be so
0: happy with that. As a bastardized Irish person, my dad's side, I <laughs> only have the part that's just like, would you say? I'll fight you. And then I'll cry <laughs> <with you. laughs>
1: Oh uh, okay. well that's that's fantastic. I'm glad Crying that she was car. everything that you that you hoped she was going to be. That's
0: yes, amazing. and so are you. You're a delight. I'm so happy I Thank finally you. got to like talk to you and you know, hang out with you. Of course. You.
1: Thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. And I hope oh, that okay, you we course. have lots and lots of other television and movies and things to cover uh on this podcast and and also um when we're off, Mike, I'll tell you about something else that we're doing that we're going to announce cool. relatively soon. Um, but again, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Of course. I'm your bitch. Call me back anytime. <laughs> <laughs>